Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey there, I'm Mark Hill, and this is The Segment Podcast, a place where we take stories from the mountain bike trail and bring it right to your earbuds as I interview people who are moving from the ordinary to the extraordinary, from regular Joes all the way to the pros and the companies that support the mountain bike community. Let's see what happens when people take a risk, bet on themselves, and put in the hard work to get to the next level. Welcome to the segment. Let's go. Check one, two, check one, two. No, just kidding. What's up, folks? Welcome back to the segment podcast. This is episode 141 with special guest, Annika Beerton. And I really tried hard not to fanboy out with this one because I am a huge fan of Annika and all of the great things that she's done for the sport and her racing career at Four Cross. She is an amazing athlete and has had her challenges and boy, the lemon is worth the squeeze on this story and all of the things that has happened and where she is today. It's an amazing story. Hope you guys enjoy it and I'll get you over there. But first, I want to say thank you to the supporters of the second podcast. Now the list is getting a little bit longer, so make sure you go into the show notes and look in there for discount codes and affiliate links. So big time, big time thank you going out to Tasco MTB. Tasco, made by writers for writers. There is some new spring kits coming out and uh, check out the colors. There's also a huge President's Day sale going on right now, 40% off at TascoMTB.com. Take a look. Also, big things going out to YT Industries. YT, live uncaged. When you're looking for bikes with value-packed bikes, take a look at, at YT. I'm currently running the Decoy and the Capra, and boy, do I love those bikes. Also, Spy Optic, protecting us on the trails and in lifestyle with their goggles and their lifestyle sunglasses and now prescription. If you need any of the above, head on over to spyoptic.com. Take a peek at what you might like. Throw in promo code the segment 20. Again, that's promo code the segment 20 to take 20% off some sunglasses or activewear. Big thanks also going out to Kenda Tires. Kenda, keeping that rubber side down while you're out on the trails. I'm currently running the Pinner Pros in the front and the Hellcats in the back. And hell yeah, it's a good time. And thank God it's keeping me on the trail with a rubber side down. Big thanks going out to one of the newer supporters of the segment podcast, Mother Earth Brew Company. Mother Earth Brew Company. If you haven't had a chance, you got to try some Mother Earth Brew. My specific favorite, and you can pretty much find them in every grocery store, is the Cali Creamin and Cali Creamin specifically in Nitro. If you can find that, that is amazing. I realized that Nitro is basically just carbonation, but with tiny little bubbles, and that's why it is so smooth. Also, big thanks going out to Pelly Bike Care taking pride in your ride. Pelicare has their Eco Clean, which is 
amazingly safe for the environment. You spray it on your bike, wait a few minutes and simply rinse it off. Or if you don't want to use water, you could use their waterless spray and wash where you just spray it on and wipe it off. And the brand new product that just launched this year, I'm really excited about this, is called Ride Repel. It's graphene. Take a look. Graphene is to coat your bike so that water just beads right off it. And if your bike is super muddy and you have Ride Repel on there, it'll actually just slough right off. And that will last on the bike for about nine years. This stuff is insane. All right, without further ado, let's get you over to the podcast with Annika Beerton. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to the segment podcast, episode 141. And man, I'm trying not to fanboy out, Joey, because we have Annika Beertian in the studio today to join us. And uh, I'm kind of, I'm sweating. I know, I'm trying we were, not to we sweat. Fanning you down over there, trying to cool you down a bit. I know. <laughs> I was cool and calm. And then she she came into the studio and I was like, oh, crap, I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> She is amazing. For those of you who know, I'm sure you all know who Annika is, and we're gonna we're gonna really get a chance to hear her story tonight. As always, super interactive podcast. This is your guys's chance to ask her questions. Um, as we get into Annika's story, Joey, as always, let's uh, let's get out to the whole shot, shall we? Tonight's whole shot was different. It was a five thirty whole shot. Yeah, yeah. Who, we go. who do we have? Emmanuel Jimenez. No Ooh. way. Congratulations, <laughs> Emmanuel. Whole shot award goes out to you, my brother. He is a Purple Heart vet, as you know. And uh, yes, he does get the whole shot. Who else did we have at the 530 mark? Racing for the whole shot. Trail Pimp up in Lake Tahoe was out there. Nice. I think I saw. No, right? <laughs> Air, they did get some snow. We got Air Blair in the house. What's up? He says, awesome YouTube video. Amsterdam on a bike, he says. Oh, yeah. Crank Brothers family in the house. He's saying, we got uh, we got Miami in the house with Mountain Bike Q&A, Mr. Johnny U. He's out there. He said, hope shot. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a hope that you're going to get the whole shot. He says, what's up, kids? Was watching a movie and saw the clock. Oh, well, thank you for thank you for coming in. You didn't get the whole shot tonight, but you do get a chance to interact with Miss Annika which is amazing. Kaz, we see you out there. What's up, MTB Kaz? And I know Kaz sometimes likes to put the show on at a bike shop. So if you're there, what's up, bike shop people? Good to see you guys. Yeah, that's super. That's super rad. Joey, you and I had a crazy week. I know this is now, we're well into 2024. All of the sponsors and supporters have signed contracts, but somehow you and I were able to get two more sponsors for the show, just like, right after january do you want to tell them who one of them is well i mean it's pretty obvious if they're watching (laughs) (laughs) i think think i'm repping both of them right now (laughs) (laughs) you are if you guys are on youtube watching this live right now if you're listening in on spotify or itunes you can't see it but uh, we were able to sign a contract with mother earth brew company uh, Mother Earth, uh, they make some great brew. Cali Creamin, one of my favorite, especially Cali with the nitro. And uh, Joey, what's one of yours? The one that you just mentioned, Cali on nitro, definitely. Yes, Cali yeah. on nitro was good. Tierra Madre was good. Uh, so excited to have Mother Earth. Very family friendly. And the brews and the and the bikes and the buddies, that all seems to go together somehow. 
It's I, always a good time. <laughs> that, the Cali on nitro is so smooth. I'm trying to figure out how to run that nitro in my tires, but yes, we haven't got there yet. So educational moment for me, which I didn't realize, but nitro is basically just smaller bubbles. And that's why it's so smooth. <laughs> it's so smooth, <laughs> which is good. Trail Pimp is knows. saying, yeah, he's saying camera is the man at mother earth. Yes, he is. Cam is the man. And then with all the rain and, and the bikes getting wet and everything, there is a new product called Ride Repel that is coming out by a company called Pelly Premium Bike Care. They've been working on this for three years, and uh, we were able to get Pelly as a supporter of the podcast. So really excited about them. Good stuff going out there. A little unique when it comes to uh, what they're putting out there with the graphene. So uh, I'm excited to have that on the bike. I think we got our stuff today in the mail. So Excited to be rocking some Peli on yeah, the bikes. It's pretty much a ride wrap without the wrap. Like, I mean, without the actual physical, like you wipe it on and it, it acts like a ride wrap. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be amazing. It, it's going to be amazing. MTV Nick is in the house. Uh, he's saying more rain coming up this weekend. Yeah, all the trails are going to be shaped up so nice i know everyone's like please stop raining <laughs> please stop raining. Walk just about an hour ago and they're still wet out there and um my trails usually dry like half hour to two or three hours after the rain and it's just holding the water it's saturated man we gotta get that water table down but that is a perfect time while we're waiting for the trails <clears throat> to listen to a podcast yes. while we're waiting for the trails cleaning the bikes having a mother earth brew the whole nine yards <laughs> and one of the episodes that I know you're going to love is this one right here because we have professional athlete in the studio, Miss Annika Beerton. I'm going to bring her on here in a second, and we're going to be able to really just hear her whole story. So without further ado, what do you think, Joey? Shall we bring her on? Yeah, bring her on. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and the only Annika. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> what's up, Annika? Thank you so much for jumping on the show. I can't believe you're here. We have world talent in the studio right now. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. I'm super excited to be here. We we're excited to have you. And if I re if I look back, Annika, on your passion for bikes, like I read that this started at the age of four. Is that true? Yep. Yeah. I got on bikes really early. <laughs> I think I was just not a fan of walking. And my mom and dad <laughs> had this like janky old bike. The bike, I st actually still, my parents still have the bike, but it's one of those bikes where uh, you can never have a flat tire because it's, it's just solid. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's, it's so hard, like when you ride it, but yeah, I had a little bike and I just did endless laps around the house when I was, uh, yeah, I started riding when I was three. So yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So did you grow up as a, would that put you as a tomboy growing up or were you just like one of the. No, uh, you hit the, no, you hit the nail yeah. on the hammer, the hammer, nail on the hammer. <laughs> the hammer, on the hammer. <laughs> so no, totally like. Um, you know, I grew up in the Netherlands. I was born and raised there. I'm a country girl. Um, and when I grew up, I was definitely the only girl that was, you know, into riding bikes. And I was always like hanging out with, uh, the boys from town playing soccer, basketball, and then riding bikes. So I was definitely a little oh, bit see, more of I, a tomboy. I see what yeah. you were doing there early on. I already had the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
when did you when did you know that you had this competitive edge on a bike and then that would lead you into four cross when did you feel that when did you know well i think i didn't really know when i was younger i just rode a bike because i loved it you know it was like an outlet and um i just had the passion for it and there was a little mm. local bmx track so i grew up racing bmx my parents took me to the local BMX track and I just raced like very nationally, very local. We we never really did any big trips. Um, but then when I was 15, that's when I did my first like bigger international race, like a world championships and um, I won. So it was like, oh, wow, you know, like I, I knew I was like pretty good, but then winning in an international race was just something like, you know, the next level. and. I definitely started really growing from from there. Like I started really falling in love. I was already in love with the sport, but I guess even more and more, you know, and then I really had a, a vision and a dream of like becoming a professional like B BMX racer or mountain bike rider because it took me a couple of years before I made the switch to mountain biking. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but the Netherlands is as flat as a pancake. So there's no mountain <laughs> inside. So often people go like, how did you get into mountain biking or downhill? Because that was the first thing I started doing. There was uh, a team in the Netherlands that were looking for a girl that would be interested in, you know, um, be on the team and race downhill. So I went along with them to a trip to like Germany and France. And I had oh. no idea what I was doing. You know, I come from a bike that has one brake. That's a back brake has only one gear. A BMX bike is fixed. And I went to a bike with uh, full suspension, double crown forks, front brake, back brake, disc brakes. And, <laughs> you know, oh. I got shuttled to the top and then they were like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I just like, I had no idea what I was doing. I crashed in every turn. And I, I remember coming to the bottom and I was like, I love it. <laughs> looking like a true mountain biker. I, know. I love it. I almost died. <laughs> yeah, it was the best thing ever. Um, so I, they took me, they took me on that team and that's where I really got introduced to downhill mountain biking. And I was like, man, this is so awesome. This is, this is what I want to do, you know? And so back in the day, I started with downhill, did some world cups and, um, dual slalom was really hot when we were racing world cups. Um, and then they started doing a four cross. So they brought in four cross for the UCI world cup racing. And since I had a background in BMX, um, that was, you know, the perfect combo for me doing both of those. And, um, yeah, I got into four cross and, um, in the beginning it was, I did not do well. And it took me a couple of years to actually, you know, get to the point of winning, winning the world championships in uh, four cross. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Now, Annika, when it comes to <clears throat> going to like dual crown downhill and then jumping into four cross, there were probably moments where you're like, you obviously fell in love with it, crashing all the time and learning. <laughs> but was there a moment when you're like, there's like dirt in your teeth and you're like, yeah, this is it for me. Like, can you remember back to something that really just hooked you? Yeah, well, there's, a, I think I had a few of those. That was definitely like I just said the first time ever I got introduced to the sport and I was in a different country and I traveled somewhere, you know, like I said, I was just a country girl, hardly left, you know, the Netherlands. And just like experiencing all that. But then I really re remembered as well the first World Cup I went to. It was in France. And I had followed the sport a lot. So I remember like seeing 
Tarianas and Sean Palmer and, you know, like Steve Pete. And that I was like just a young girl, like 17 years old. And I was just like, oh, my God, like this is wow. the coolest thing ever. You know, wow. like I want to be like them. I want to be like like on Carlene Chasson. I want to like that was just for me, that was like really motivating. And, um, you know, seeing other women win the world championships or like I would say the rainbow jersey. I definitely got fixated on that. Like, you know, like I want, I want that. I'm not going to retire before I win that race or wow. before I win that Jersey that is right there. <laughs> so sick. Yes. Look at it, folks. If you're on yeah. YouTube right now, there's the Jersey right there. Yeah. And Annika, for the folks who don't know, and I just had to learn about this earlier today before the show, I'm like, what is four cross and actually see on here, Amanda Hamilton from Pink Bike Season 3 is saying they need oh. to bring back Four Cross. It looks so intense. <laughs> yeah. What is what is Four Cross for those of us who don't know? So like I just said, it's kind of like a mixture between um, downhill and BMX. Um, it's four races line up in a start gate and they go down a track that is built um, with with jumps, berms, uh, rock gardens. It's normally fairly mm. short. It's like a minute, minute long. And mm. every every round, uh, the first two advance to the next round until you get to the final where you have four people lined up in the gate. And uh, yeah, they race each other elbow to elbow, you know, down the hill until you know you get the top three or four out of that event. So yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <clears throat> So we see if you if you Wikipedia Annika, you'll see that she becomes a podium monster from 2011 on. And now before that, like, were you cutting your teeth in that era in that section to get to there? Was there a lot of years of trying to get better, trying to get faster in there? Or did you just come on board and just start taking over? No, no, it took me quite a few years. Yeah, I got into like um, my first year on specialized for downhill for the factory team was in 2003. So, you know, that was quite a few years before that. Um, and that was still when I was focusing on downhill. I did get uh, a podium once on the Downhill World Cup. I got fifth once, that was oh, top five God. podium. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but <laughs> I was still very young. Um, and then it definitely took me a while to make that transition to fall cross, different bike. And because the competition was just very, very strong as well. Um, and yeah, the, it wasn't like I just like flipped the switch and I was like, Hey, I'm on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, there's that Annika girl. Oh no. She <laughs> yeah. showed up today. <laughs> she showed up. No, it definitely like took a lot of hard work. Yeah. A lot of hours in, in, in the gym and training obviously. So yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Is, Go ahead, is this what a typical four cross track would look like? Something like that? Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's actually a course in Italy in Fal di Sole, uh, well known for the downhill as well. And um, yeah, that's one of the courses. Yeah, we had world championships uh, on that course. That's awesome. Wow. wow. Yeah. Annika, would do they do looking at that course? Is it is it something that you lap a, a couple times, or is it just one shot? You go down from the gate to the bottom, and that's it. No, so it starts with like a day of practice. So or day like you normally get like two hours of practice. You can check out the course. Uh, you can practice it. And um, the day after, we normally have a qualification. So it's a a timed run, just you by yourself. Um, you put down the best time, uh, and that is your starting order for the brackets. 
So it's basically kind of, you can compare it a lot to like the board across that they do or ski across. It's kind of mm -hmm. the same format. You first you okay. do a timed run and after that they'll set up the brackets for racing. And um, yeah, that's how they do it. Wow. Just talking about it gets me like my, my adrenaline. I can imagine just elbow to elbow charging yeah. down that hill. It's so crazy. Yeah. We, you, you know, you say things like Sean Palmer, one of the folks here that's listening. Oh, here's a great shot right there. Look at yeah. Look at so you. So this is actually a shot from um, Crankworks in Whistler. Um, so after, well, actually already in those years, um, but especially after 2013, I started doing a lot of the Crankworks series too, because again, I love doing like all the different disciplines and having um, at Crankworks, you have all the different discipline like A line, downhill, enduro, pump track, dual slalom. Um, so I was like, man, this is something I, uh, I want to do. And that's a shot at the pump track, um, in oh. Whistler. Yeah. Oh, Lord, <clears throat> look at your eyes. It looks like you're going to eat somebody. Focus, big time. And Mark, yeah. you might have another gun contest there. <laughs> no, I'll lose that. Look at that. If you, if someone takes a right cross from Annika, they're going down. <laughs> look at those, look at those shoulders. I know. This one's coming yeah. in here. Women's MTB Network is out there. She's like, yes, fangirling hardcore. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, Mia. I'm trying to stay calm. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Trail Pimp out at Lake Tahoe saying, Sean Palmer's from Tahoe changed the face of mountain biking from spandex to moto. Yes. Yes. Dang. When, when you were, you were saying when you were training and you were like, starving for that podium and you were you were gonna get it because if you look at the record you got you got a good handful of it was the was there a lot of gym work that was involved in order to get you to that level or was it more on the bike or was it a great balance of both um a great balance of both for sure yeah we we or i say we but with the with the team i spent a lot of time at the olympic training center in the netherlands and um Damn. We would normally have like three days a week. I would be in the gym and then um, also endurance training on the road bike or mountain bike. And then a lot on the either four cross bike or the mountain bike. So yeah, a little bit of everything. And that's how I always like liked it as well. I like the diversity of doing all kinds of different things. So it keeps my training uh, fun. You know, it's not yeah. just one thing. It's just all these different things. And it's great for your skills and um, great for your mind as well. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. In <laughs> your prime, did you feel like, could you feel your your body when you were optimal? Like when you show up somewhere, did you know, like, I feel optimal. All this is paying off. All this hard work is paying off. I'm going to compete today. Could you be, were you at that level where you could feel it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You could feel you had some good days, you know, like, yeah, you wake up today's today's going to be a good day. Oh, man. And then you had some days you wake up and you're like, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no this, you're this like, is not it. This, holy yeah. crap. It's today. <laughs> yeah. Would yeah, you or, would... Go ahead, Annika. You're gonna yeah. Say. Or the, or the course being so technical or there might be like a massive jump in and you just like, you, you can't sleep at night. You know, you're just like, Oh, I gotta do it tomorrow. I gotta, you know, toughen up and really gotta hit that. And wow. that's so many stuff that always like goes through your mind with that. Was there a moment when you felt like a lot, a lot of pressure other than winning the race? Were there other aspects around you that you felt pressure, whether it was like being a strong woman in the sport or just 
carrying sponsors with you and trying to prove yourself? Was there something that would always kind of like lean on you at times? Um, maybe a little bit, like I think as athletes and, uh, maybe a little bit more for a lot of the female athletes, it's like, um, you do need your results in order to, you know, keep sponsors aboard. Uh, and I think that's always in the back of your mind. If you not have a great season and you're like getting to the end of the season, you're like, man, I, I, man, I don't really have the results, you know, to show to my sponsors that they, you know, that I'm worthwhile investing in. So I feel like that is something that is definitely in the back of your mind or when you get injured, you know, that's definitely something where you're like, oh, shoot, you know, hopefully it'll stick with me for another year and I can show them that I'm really, really up there. Yeah. Yeah. I could imagine I could, <clears throat> I could feel the pressure just having the results. You know, I, I, uh, I'm in sales. That's what I do for my job job. And yeah. it's like, you're only as good as your last performance. <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, what about all those other times? Okay. I'll get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, specifically as, as a, as a woman and talking to other friends of mine that were women in the race arena, it seemed like there would be a lopsided kind of a little bit lopsided sometimes when it came to how the how the men showed up and were supported versus how the women were. I don't know if you experienced any of that, but I had just heard that it could be more difficult for the women in that arena coming up. I, it's probably completely different today, but uh, but back then, boy, it sounded pretty tough. Yeah, I think I think it it changed so much over the years, you know, and in a good way. And uh, back in the day. Um, there were just less females riding mountain bikes um, and there weren't really any, let's say if we look at just product specific for sales, there weren't really any women specific gear, for example, where if you look mm. at nowadays, there's women, women specific gears, there's women specific bikes. Um, there's a lot more catered for the women. And back in the day, that wasn't as much. And I think too, that has, you know, um, it's a part of it. And, um, it's cool too. Like I was talking to, uh, Lindsay Richter, um, uh, not too long ago, and we were back in the mountain bike scene in the early two thousands. And I was like, we did uh, a really big women's event here in Bentonville. We had over 300 women, uh, for wow. a weekend of riding mountain bikes. And I, we were kind of joking, like, can you imagine us sitting on the hillside in 2005 and talking about like, 20 years from now, we'll have 300 women at a mountain bike event. We would have laughed really hard, you know, but yeah. that's, that's how it progressed, you know, and that is so awesome. And that, that helps so many women nowadays with in the sport and getting support, you know? Yeah. It was not easier back in the day, but like we, we got pretty far, you know, and we're just hoping that we can keep pushing that forward. That's so cool. That's very cool. It's it's inspiring because you know you were definitely a, a minority back then, trying to uh. trying to boost the sport and for women. And uh, I mean, look at this Amanda Hamilton right here. She's Annika, best racer and best coach. Mm -hmm. So, so that's cool. I know, right? <laughs> Big hearts right there. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> do you did you feel there was a moment when there was more women like getting into the sport? Was there a moment where you could feel that or you could see that, you know, just being in and around the community? Um, I think it was just kind of slowly, slowly you could see more like women getting into mountain biking. Yeah. 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 I feel like I see that, um, nowadays, especially there's, it's cool to see. And, uh, it's cool to see a lot of the, the clothing lines and, um, you know, 
the different companies that are catering and bringing out stuff. And I don't know, I, I feel like maybe it's Southern California, but Joe and I sometimes look around when we're out there riding and I'm like, man, I wonder if this is the fastest growing demographic in our sport right now. If it feels like if it feels like it, I don't know if it is because I don't know the numbers, but it feels like it. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you are now taking podium, your heavy competitor. When Annika shows up, everyone's like, shit, she's here. <laughs> <laughs> we got to perform. <laughs> and and you're you're in the limelight. You're winning a lot of these races. Um, then things changed not too long after uh, when it came to that car accident. But before we get to that point, do you, can you can you think of some of the the good memories and the good times when you were racing when you were at its peak, like what it felt like, what it was? Yeah, I mean, amazing. You know, I think 2015 was my one of my best years ever. Um, I had won the world championships in four cross. I had won the Queen of Crankworks, and then I also Ooh. I was I was racing Enduro uh, World Series. I got third overall, and I won the European Championships in Enduro. So like. That year was just like everything was just at a high. You know, I think as athletes, we we have a couple of those years, not many, but you have one of those years where you just like everything just clicks. You're, uh, you're, it's not just you, it's the team as well. I think that's very important too. Um, Jared Graves said something really good on Instagram not too long ago. Like it is, it is about the, it's a team performance. So even though I do an individual sport, like everything clicked that year was specialized too. We had amazing bikes, amazing mechanic, amazing um, teammates, and all of that just made for a really fun year, you know, and fun and the hard work paid off in that year. And it was just awesome, you know, and um, yeah, the year after that, 2016, I struggled a little bit, then I got injured. So, you know, all of a sudden you run a high and I was bam. <laughs> <You're not laughs> <low again. laughs> so and then I, you know, so I had a few other sponsor changes and um, but then 2019 was a really good year again um in EWS and then the crankwork stuff. So, you know, it kind of goes up and down as an athlete. And um, yeah, sometimes you're just on a high and then before you know it, you can be back down again. So yeah. Yeah. Was was there something special that clicked on that 2015 as part of the team? Was it like a something new that you did, whether it was a new diet, <clears throat> new trainer, new bike, geometry? Was there something you could really contribute it to or was it just like this big think up of a, of the team? Yeah, I think a lot of things that were falling into place that year, you know, um just not only with training, but also with riding. And I think it's important too for some events where you have, it's important to have really good teammates. And I rode a lot with Curtis Keen um, in those couple of years right there. And like pre-riding with him, that was a big part for me too. You know, having um, somebody that you can ride with all the time and pushes you, um, that helps you, you know, perform better. And just in the being in the mindset of knowing that you feel good and, you'd done it before like the pressure was gone for example like world championships the pressure was kind of gone i'd done it before now i knew kind of almost like you know how not like how you know how to do it but there's a little definitely like pressure that's like it's taken away a little bit so all of that just helped with having um a really good year and, and trying to be consistent because i remember when i started the enduro world series in 2013 I was mega inconsistent. So my goal for like 2015 was consistency. I told myself like, okay, 
I was all over the place like the years before. And I would like have a good result. I would like win a stage. And then I was like out of the top 15. And I was like, okay, we got to fix that. So, you know, you work on that, trying to contain yourself in those long stages and um, yeah, work on all that. And that year, everything just kind of fell together. Gosh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. I could, I could definitely, I, I know what you mean in a way when you say the mental part. Because the the sport seems so mental, and I could feel what you're saying when you're saying you're on a big stage, mm -hmm. but you've, you've been there before. So like the shock and the yeah. lights and the crowds was kind of like I, I've been here before. I can yeah. focus on the business and not get and too like, distracted. Yeah, and you get so focused, you get so in that bubble. Um, I remember too that year, 2015 was um, was a big battle for the Queen of Crankworks. And I was so fixated on that uh, last weekend at Whistler because that was the final event out of the three stops that we had, like New Zealand, France, and then we went to Whistler. And uh, in the more events you do, the more points you get. So I had signed off, signed up for whip off, and I had just gotten <laughs> off like the enduro race, and I just like I think that was the day, a couple of days before, but. I only had my enduro bike. I didn't have a downhill bike, but I was like 29er, 2015, take the 29er out on, on crap apple. And it was really, really windy. And oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So I got a big wind gust. I crashed and uh, I had to go to the local like medical center to get stitches. And I remember oh being God. at the, yeah, I, I was like scraped up. It was, I was like at the medical center and I was telling the lady that was cleaning me up. I was like, could you hurry because I got to be at pump track in like two hours. <laughs> and so she stitched me up and I literally somewhere there was a photo um, of like my hip was like kind of duct tape up because I had stitches in my hip, but there's, there's only one thing on your mind. And that is like, you know, I can win this and I'm, I gonna, I'm gonna win this. Like no matter what, wow. no matter if I need like stitches and, but I need to, I needed to get to pump track in order to get those, points because I just missed the points off the whip off contest because I crashed in practice Good and then Lord, yeah and then I still had to do dual slalom as well because that was the last event and that's where I wrapped it up but it was definitely I always laugh not only know how scars tell a story yeah yeah <laughs> so I was like this scar tells a cool story of Whistler <laughs> <laughs> when I won the overall <laughs> that's freaking amazing I, yeah. I love that kind of behind the scenes look and you're like, could you hurry up a little bit? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> so seriously. I was like, oh, man, yeah. I got places to be. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In those moments, did you even feel the pain? Or were you so focused that the pain just comes after everything's done? No, it just came after everything was done. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, That's my arm was so swollen, I remember. And I was like just got through those two days and I wanted to ride that last Sunday I was in Whistler and enjoy, you know, but I couldn't hold on to the bars anymore. <laughs> I was like, everything just hurt. I was like, I'm done. Oh like, my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't like crank it up or anything else like that. It was crab apple folks. <laughs> yeah. oh, gosh, dang. oh man. Yeah. Mountain bike Q and a out of Miami saying, even if I was in shape enough to race, the anxiety would kill me. How do you stuff the stress away and perform? Ooh, good question. I think that comes from years of uh, racing and, and just the experience of doing races. Like, you know, I grew up as a young girl racing in BMX. So it's like pretty stressful with BMX racing with eight people. 
And I think that helps a lot. Um, I do. I did always say too, like the last couple of years in racing, the things that got harder on me was dealing with the stress. Because mm. what people don't see is like, you know, if you do a lot of races, especially if you hit like the Crankwork Series, Enduro World Series, then every single weekend you're dealing with like, oh, I can't really eat. I'm nauseous. I'm nervous. I can't really sleep. Oh. And it's like, you know, it's like you, everything is about that race and you're thinking about the courses and how to prep stuff or set up your bike. And that stuff definitely is, uh, it's the hard part of racing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can imagine that that would have a toll on you over time, you know? Yeah. You just, get some just, gray hairs. <laughs> yeah. Just being able to kind of stuff that away. So, but yeah, it sounds like with, with, with experience comes the, I don't know, maturity may not be the right word, but with the comfort of the experience, you kind of like, it takes the edge off a little bit is what it sounds like, but it doesn't sound like it ever goes away. It's there at the anxiety. And it sounds like you use it as a little bit of fuel to get you through. Yeah. I think a lot of athletes will agree. Like if you feel a little nervous, it's a good sign. Like you need to have that like kind of tension in your body to perform well. If you like wake up in the morning and you don't care, you're like, eh, <laughs> then there, the fire is not in you, you know? So having that little bit of anxiety and stress is normally a good thing to have. Wow. Dang. Dang. <laughs> Spoken like a beast. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, and then somebody had mentioned, uh, Amanda said, uh, best coach. So we're kind of going now from, we're going to transition from the athlete over to, over to kind of like the coach and things that you're doing now. But uh, 2019 is where we left you out there performing and something happened to you that kind of changed your world maybe even before you were ready, but, um, are you able to do, is it okay if we, if you share a little bit about what happened? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm fairly open about the whole accident that happened, but yeah, 2020 COVID, um, had hit us all. Uh, we were actually, we raced in New Zealand for the first crankworks of the year. I had a great start of the season. I think I was sitting third overall after that weekend. Um, so felt great. You know, um, we went back home and, um, you know, as a lot of us, we kind of had to stay home, did our thing. But then racing started to pick back up again in the summer. I was back in full training and really like looking forward to, you know, the end of that season because racing was going to pick up again. But uh, I had just gone um, uh, to ride that day actually in Big Bear, up in Big Bear Mountain in California. And I was driving home and I was at the last traffic light from home. And out of nowhere, I got um, T-boned by um, somebody that ran out at light, oh, um, did not God. see it. Yeah. I did not see it come in and, um, was a pretty big impact. And in that accident, I sustained a, um, traumatic brain injury. So concussion with a whiplash and the two combined, um, made it for a pretty severe brain injury. Oh, man. And, um, yeah, that was a, a big, a big change in my life. You know, it flipped my life, like, uh, totally around, like, the weekend prior, I, I went, you know, uh, I went actually up to Camp Nelson in California. I had a amazing weekend. I spent like nine hours on the bike that weekend with a friend of mine. We camped, we rode and I went to, to like, I couldn't absolutely do anything other than sitting on the couch with these headphones on because I was super sensitive to noise. And oh, man. Uh, basically I, I straight away went into, um, 
you know, see my doctor and I did, I did not go to the hospital that, that after the accident because I wasn't um, unconscious. I was just full of adrenaline and a shock. And I did know, like after the adrenaline kind of went out of my body, I was like, things are not right. My, I was very off. Yeah. I was very off in my, um, my speech as well. Uh, very slow, uh, stumbling on words and my coordination started to get like really weird and I was having really severe headaches and I was like, okay, neck pain started that night. And I knew like, okay, this is serious. Like this is something is wrong. And, and this is a great like thing that I'm trying to tell people now too. So for me, my symptoms got worse in that week. And this is something with brain injuries that a lot of people don't know, but that swelling just, that's the beginning, that can be the beginning of even more. And that was definitely the case for me. So the week after things got worse and worse, and um, I started having more symptoms and problems. And that's when I started going to, um, like, it's kind of like called a a brain hap, uh, a brain rehab facility. And that's where I started. And yeah, after that, it was just a... a crazy experience, you know, with ongoing doctor's appointments and trying to figure out what was wrong with me. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. How, how helpless that must feel, you know, going from this like peak athlete into this accident. And then now you're trying to figure things out as you're, as you're going through. And I remember seeing your Instagram and seeing you going through the rehab and they were doing so many different things just to kind of get you back to steady state, like get you back to where you felt somewhat normal. Yeah. Um, what What were some of the things that you learned, you know, to help you get back? I know there was a lot, but. Yeah. So, and also like with the social media side, so I, I did not share a lot. I was, I, I didn't really know what to do. I was really lost. That might be the right word. Like I was really lost with like, um, if my doctor was making a video in rehab of me, I, I almost didn't recognize that person, like a person that cannot throw like a ball from left to the right hand or can't find like, like hold her balance without starting to shake, you know, her whole body. And that was very difficult for me to see. So I was not ready to share that with the world. Um, And also the fear of like, kind of what we talked about earlier, the fear of like, losing sponsors or getting judged yeah. right away. And I, I just was not like able to really share that. And, but we did a lot of different things. It was like trying to figure out, and that's kind of weird, like to say, but what was wrong with me? Because brain injuries are so complex. It's not like you go to the doctor and like, Hey, you broke your, you broke your arm. It's yeah. like trying to figure out like, Hey, what, what happened? Where is your problem? Like, um, what is causing all these symptoms? And it took a while to figure it out for me. And it has a lot to do with, for me, with my vision and um, the nerve connection that, I mean, it's so complex up in here. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, like a billion pathways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it took a lot of uh, a lot of work to, to just slowly build those pathways again and learn how to reconnect a lot of things and learn again to like get um, used to um, kind of the stimulants, but also to motion of riding, because I had a lot of problems with uh, motion. Like I mm. couldn't deal with like motion. It was so weird. Yeah. Like yeah. The per- peripheral motion peripheral. would yeah, make you dizzy. Motion. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like riding, trying to ride around the block for the first time and the, you know, we have the white marks, the divider on the, on the road. 
Like I just couldn't, I couldn't, the brain could not like kind of take it in what it saw. It's like, it was really weird. Yeah. It's like trying to grab every line, every line as it goes by. It just makes you sick. (laughs) Oh my my God, this has got to (laughs) stop. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. So you're, you're trying to bounce back your sponsors. I mean, obviously this was your full-time job was racing. It wasn't like you were able to be like, well, Hey, I'll see you guys on Saturday. I'm going to work now. How, how did that all land? Was that stressful? And did that work out? Okay. So what I did is I was um, very honest and open with my sponsors. So what I did is I um, emailed them all personally, um, telling them about the accident, what had happened, and I kept them in the loop. And I think that is very important as an athlete to do. It's like you might not show it on social media, but, you know, you don't have to. It's, 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 it's really important to connect with everybody direct at the company. Um, and everybody was very understanding. And I think that's really important. And that, that helped me a lot too, to be really open to them and to explain them to like, Hey, I'm, I'm in a lawsuit. Like I can't post anything of me, you know, doing anything like riding a bike or whatever, because that can all be used against you as well. Even though if you're riding around the parking lot, just trying to ride a bike again, you know, that could be hold against you. And that yeah. was just a, a whole nother level that I had to like deal with as well. And which was uh, pretty stressful. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 You had to figure out a whole new way of living, like so many different ways, just yeah. trying to recover, trying to do what you can for the best, you know, out output for yourself were so the sponsors obviously they they kept you on board that relationship was 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 good you were able to financially be okay through that or was there stress in there too uh no it was very stressful yeah because also um you you know the u.s is a little different as we all know with healthcare system and insurances and even though i have a you know a good insurance but the other person was underinsured and it was not my fault so it gets really complicated complicated in that whole area luckily i had a great lawyer friend of mine as well alex and he helped me a lot through that whole process but i got to the point in california where i was like i can't do this anymore i can't afford this like i have maybe four months left in me and then my bank accounts are drained but it was almost yeah i mean living in california is not cheap as well yes (laughs) it's true it's true (laughs) gas is really expensive I was like, okay, something needs to change because this lawsuit can uh, drag on for another year, you know? And until then, I don't see any of that money. It's just me like having to, you know, pay for everything that I decide to do when it comes to uh, rehab. So um, the thought kind of came to mind for me, like um, to sell the place that I had. I had a little condo in California and the house market was pretty good. I was like, well, I want to sell it. I'm going to like buy a little trailer that I can hook up behind my uh, pickup truck and we're going to move. And I had like Bentonville was on my mind for a while because I had visited Bentonville and I had two people um, that I knew that lived there. And I kind of like reached out to them and I was like, what do you guys think of me moving to Bentonville? And they're like, do it. (laughs) (laughs) That wouldn't be the Drew family, would it? (laughs) (laughs) What's that? That wouldn't be Rich Drew, would it? No, it's not. Oh. No, I didn't really knew Rich uh, before moving here. I had met him before at a bike festival that we we had here, but no, yeah. Um, so, but I decided to uh, 
yeah, move here, you know, like I, I sold my condo and then I was like, wow, I'm really doing this. I'm really, oh and everybody was like, there, I was, I was like, I'm moving. And people were like, especially in California, like my friends and neighbors, I was like, I'm going to Arkansas. And everyone was like, <laughs> Arkansas. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, it's really pretty, <laughs> you know, like I didn't really know, knew a lot about Arkansas. The only thing I knew was like at that time in my life, something needed to change because I didn't love living in California anymore. The traffic was really stressing me out, you know, yeah. the medical bills. And I was like, I, there's only one, one thing basically. And that is flipping my life around moving here. Hopefully I didn't, it wasn't my my like intention right away to start coaching. I had it in my mind, you know, I was like, man, it would be really great if I can start coaching and do more with that. But the first thing just was like, I need to make a change, you know, and I made that change, moved here. And <laughs> I remember the second day here that I got here. So my friends were actually not home. The two people that I knew were not here. Oh, no. And, uh, <laughs> Hey, we had a massive snowstorm and I was just coming from California, you know, t-shirt and shorts. And I was like, <laughs> oh man, I was like, hmm. But Until uh, yeah. Not cash this check. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of, I had posted a photo on Instagram that like I had packed up California and that I moved to Bentonville. So I got some random messages from people in Bentonville and I started connecting with people here and I don't regret it at all. It's been it's been exactly the change that I needed and I really I love it here. It's been it's been amazing. Yeah. Bentonville is so cool. Yeah. I fell in love with that place when I went to the Bentonville Bike Fest last May. I had no idea. I had no yeah. idea how cool it was and how cool the people are and I'm so stoked for you on that move and I'm sure that was scary especially when they're like Arkansas, like, <laughs> Hey, she really hit her head hard. You know, she's going to Arkansas. Yeah. I but... know I had to like my parents too. They had to like basically take out the map of the U S and go like Google Ar where Arkansas was, where I was moving <laughs> to. It's like, you know, but yeah, it's, it's so cool. I love it here. Like I'm definitely like, I grew up in the country and this feels a lot more like that and slower pace and, um, we have, as you know, like a beautiful downtown, beautiful surrounding oh, yeah. like area, the mountains and like hills, I got to say, and yep. uh, very green. Yes. And it's just uh, an amazing trails and community like here, like the love that the community has for mountain biking or riding bikes, you know, in general is just phenomenal. I was blown away. I had no idea. <clears throat> I was staying at the bike end and one morning I had to like bike over to the local walmart and first of all i saw drones and they're like oh yeah the local walmart actually you can they drone your order to you i'm like what this is amazing and when i got there i didn't have a lock for my bike they're like i'll bring it in <laughs> i was like cruising yeah. around the local walmart which seemed more like a tarjay it was like it was so clean and cool yeah. and people were awesome yeah and i was like this town is rad and what is it like uh 20 new miles of trail a week or something crazy what that I had read that they're yeah. always looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely like they build a lot of new trails all the time here. I think it depends on weather too, how many oh, miles they built. Like they yeah. had a little bit of a <laughs> we have some some snow in and out in the winter, but you can almost ride here 12 months out of the year, you know. Oh so gosh. yeah, and it's cool. Yeah, thanks for shopping local too. I appreciate it. 
Oh yeah, heck yeah! Going was, to Walmart. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it was like, where's the closest wall? Yeah, and and yeah. they give back to the community big time, big mm-hmm. time. I was actually looking at Drop the Hammer, and I think it's Tom, one of the one of the sons of the of the Walton family. I didn't know who he was, but I was looking at Drop the Hammer. I'm like, I don't know, should I try it? This is day one. If I get hurt, then I'm like kind of limping around the festival for the next couple of days. And this dude's like, hey, man, this was computer designed to just drop with the right speed. You'll be fine. It looks scary, but it's awesome. And I did it. And That's he's like, what's cool. your name? And and I'm like, Mark. And then I see him later. He's like, yo, right on, Mark. So stoked that you did it. And they're like, dude, that's Tom Walton. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. That- and that's the, that's the cool thing about this place, you know, like <clears throat> they walk around just like like any of us or to sit at the bar or hang out um, in the local, you know, diner or whatever. And you wouldn't even know that that's them, which is yeah. awesome, you know, yeah. 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 I can, man, I can see you totally there. Like growing up as the country girl, the mountain bike <laughs> background, you know, the racer in you <clears throat> and being in like Disneyland for mountain bikes. Yeah. In such yeah. a cool spot. Oh it my is. gosh. So obviously getting there must've been such a relief once you landed and once you got roots in uh, for your comeback, as far as the the rehab for the brain, was there other things that you found that really kind of helped you get back to now you seeing you on Instagram and YouTube coaching and catching drones out of the air and talking to the camera and all that stuff? Um, Was was there something there that really helped bring you back? Yeah, it was, um, it's really slow, you know, and not giving up. It's still like, it's, it's, it's an ongoing process and it's, it's not a sprint race. It's a marathon. I always say, you know, and even if I keep progressing like uh, two or 3% percent a year, it's still progressing, you know, and I think it's important um, to keep working on it and keep going to therapy, keep riding my bike, keep pushing myself I still need to find a balance with it all because uh, there's certain things I just, I can't do or don't risk anymore, which, you know, it's, it's a smart thing to do. And I don't yeah. have to anymore. I love like, you know, I've always in California, I was already coaching a little bit. I was coaching some athletes and I feel like I really, I love doing that. And that's something that kind of lit up a new fire. It's like Ooh. a reason to get up in the morning, you know, Ooh. as an athlete, like you, when you wake up in the morning, there's a goal. You know, yeah, there is a yeah. you have a purpose in life to get up in the morning and you want to be better than yesterday. And I think I lost that for a little bit because there was nothing. There was nothing than mm. headaches and, you know, just feeling shit, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So and now, <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> all that stress. <laughs> and then now here it's like, you know, I have a purpose again. I love what I do. And it's so cool to pass on the knowledge and passion that I have to, it doesn't matter if it's like USA cycling riders, or if it's um, a 70 year old rider that still wants to learn how to catch air, or your first like beginner on a mountain bike, like, I still get that same kind of like, um, um, fulfill, fulfilling feeling with doing that. And I think that's really important. And that's something that um, makes me very excited to be here and to coach and to do all that. 
That's so cool. That's so cool. You're able to tap into that and and Mm -hmm. find it. Um, For the folks that are watching on YouTube right now, there's actually Annika in action right there. She did November 18th MTB skills clinic. And it's, it's cool that you can take from where you've been in the heat of the competition, all that experience and being able to give that to a community and to Mm -hmm. folks who want to learn and help them better themselves on the bike because the god the bike just does so much for people yeah it does it's it's amazing you know to kind of just like teach people um even if it's the fundamentals of stuff or really excel at other skills you know it's cool to be able to pass that on and um yeah and also like, like like you said just like the stuff with with YouTube, we just kind of started doing it for fun with my friend Anderson, Benson Drones. And I was like, I don't like those like long intros that some people do. And I was like, we got to make it quicker. And I was like, how about if I catch the drone? <laughs> we're like, oh, I don't think anybody has ever done that. I was like, should we try it? So we started trying to, you know, yeah, like this is with Anderson. And uh, it's been really fun working with him. He has such a passion for drones. So he came up with this. Um, he's on the back of a cargo bike um, just because <laughs> the, the drone has a max reach. So I wanted to do the whole trail and Kohler. It's like a season desist that goes to drop the hammer oh, that you were just talking about. Favorites, so he, yes. Yeah, so he can't take that in one shot. He has to move himself. So another friend, Bobby, came along. We rented a cargo bike. <laughs> he's sitting on the back <laughs> of the cargo bike with his goggles on. <laughs> And he got like, he was like full of adrenaline and he couldn't see anything because he he sees what he's flying. And then, he oh my like, God. And it's so fun. It's so that, awesome. So, that, yeah. The video, he's going backwards, but he's flying he's, forward. So, like, he's got to mess with his head a little bit. Oh my God. You should have seen him when he got done with that first run. He was just like shaking. And I was like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, He's like, yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, we're just trying to share, like, the stoked here in Bentonville, the trails that we have. And um, a lot of people have been really positive feedback on that, you know. So um, it's it's all kind of new with all the YouTube and all that. But it's so fun. It's so cool that you can reach people anywhere around the globe, you know. And hopefully they'll see the video and they want to come visit Bentonville. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing such a good job. You're a great ambassador for Bentonville. You're a natural. I feel like you're a natural in front of the camera. I love when you your intro and outro as you catch the drone and as as it flies back into you at the end. I mean, there are so many. I think there was a trail. Mountain bike unit saying barf. (laughs) He would barf if he was wearing those goggles and going backwards. (laughs) Hey, wait, I know cease and desist. Did he have to do all the tabletops too? Did or did no, he stay on the path? He the stayed left? on the the expressway to the next oh to my, it. Oh my god, that is not a straight expressway either. <laughs> I can't see it. No, yeah, I think we crashed a drone like five times because like he hit a bump and then the control would go up and down, and I could hear it behind me because all of a sudden I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, you're and like, oh, back, back to the top. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is classic. Was he strapped in or was he just sitting on the on the cargo? <laughs> no, he's just sitting on the cargo <laughs> bike. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So when I went to the Benville Bike Fest for the folks out there listening, there are these cool cargo bikes that they make out there. And 
they're all over. Like if you are riding and you go to the hub at the end of the day, they're everywhere. And people are just cruising them around. Families are strapping coolers and kids and all kinds of things on these things. It's like a local thing. And I got to meet one of the owners, such a nice guy. And what a cool idea. The vibe is, is amazing out there. Yeah. I think so. Like I tell people like, come visit to experience it because sometimes they still kind of go like, Oh yeah. Uh, they call themselves the mountain bike capital of the world. And I was like, yeah, but what does that title mean to you? You know, everybody thinks different of what the mountain bike capital of the world is. And I was like, I agree with them here because like I live here now and I see what they do for not only the trails. And if you come and visit, you can ride all these amazing trails, but there's a lot more happening on the backside with the community and with getting actually kids on bikes in school, you know, that's what we're working on now. And then we have these charities that um, give people bikes that can't afford bikes. And there's just so much, so much going on on the backside that I think kind of contributes to that name. And it's not just about the trails. Yes, we don't have a lot of elevation. There's not like Yes, we do have some gnarly riding, which just you have to look for it and you have to find a local to show you. But I think like there's just a lot more to it with also the events that we have, the races that we have, um, what they're working towards in the future. And um, I'm actually super excited. In a, two weeks, I'm starting a program with the Benson County Sheriff's Department. And it's um, I'm going to be doing a program for kids, uh, for underprivileged kids. So kids Aww. that do not have the opportunity to ride a bike. So they're going to get a bike from the local charity Pedal It Forward. So they donated, donate, donating bikes. Um, I got some of my sponsors donating gear, like helmets, bike stars. Yeah. And then I'm going to be volunteering <laughs> to like coach for a couple of weeks. So like that stuff is like so important. And that's part of you know, being mountain bike capital of the world, I think getting these kids on bikes or just like getting any person on a bike and give them the experience that like, we know how it feels to ride a bike down a trail, yeah. you know, and yeah. you want to pass that stoked on. And also for the mental aspect, you know, I think for those kids that have a pretty hard life to experience some freedom and no worries and just like, you know, get that feeling. It's just awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, it is. I mean, the mountain bike is such a gift. They, there's something about overcoming the adversity of doing something on a bike and knowing that you did it, that confidence that comes with it, you know, it's just, it's freaking amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. And I think it's a great part for like, or how to say that for kids to grow in life, you know, I think it's like you say, you build that confidence and hopefully they take that confidence home and yes. have that outside of just biking, but in their normal life as well, you know, you could learn so much from riding bikes. Yes. Yes. Well said on that. <clears throat> we just got this in trail monster gave a $5 donation to the channel today. He says, cool footage going to have to check out more Annika, let him know. And the folks out there know where can they check out your YouTube channel? Yeah. Um, please head over to, uh, just my name, Annika Beerton, just type it in on YouTube and you'll find my channel. And I posted a video today and somebody was like calling it out earlier. It's like, uh, Amsterdam on bike. I went back home and I grabbed a little bit of footage of the Dutch on bikes. And <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Oh, so sweet, <laughs> yeah. sweet. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, it's good stuff. And one of my favorites 
is, I mean, you also showcase a lot of the fun trails there. I think you did Jesse's last stand is, is a, a trail yep. that, uh, they were racing the, the, you were racing the drone down there and that's a fun, fast one to exit out on. I, I loved that one. Yeah. That so Jess, good. That's one of the OG trails here as well. It's one of the old original trails that, uh, the Walton brothers actually, you know, worked on and started the whole trail system on, on that hillside. So yeah, that's oh, wow. pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, we were playing on uh, something hammer and then we exited out. Drop the hammer. Oh, no, hammer down, probably. Hammer down, hammer down. Hammer down. Yeah. And then that step up, we were playing on that step up. They're on like trying to throw us up like no handers, all these like fun things. And then we exited out and then went over to Jesse's last hand and just it was like no breaks all out. Just go I was like, are you sure? OK, yes. <laughs> and, yeah, that's awesome. and it was like a big just dump of adrenaline like let's yeah. do it again <laughs> we do like uh they do like a little grassroot root event here on jesse's last stand and um a dog from bomb squad sanders union gets like the the pistol with the the radar oh the yeah, speed yeah radar oh no way like a speed radar event on the straight on the bottom there See how so fast it's just red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we just like they win swag for the fastest person. Uh, oh my yeah, gosh. that's oh also really fun here. Like we have like little events throughout the week, especially during once spring break starts. Like we have locals setting up events or like the Thunderdome throwdown. People will show up with coolers and a barbecue, and they'll do like a dual solemn race on the Thursday night. So yeah. Oh man, I think okay. So I flew in on a Thursday, <clears throat> and Jess Hanna. Uh, Jess the maker picked us up from the airport and said, oh, you want nice. a Thunderdome tonight? I was like, what's a Thunderdome? And then I got to the hotel and Jeremy, the owner of the bike, is like, hey, man, we're going to the Thunderdome. I'm like, what is the Thunderdome? <laughs> we get there. I, I jump in the shuttle. We get there. They shuttle us in. I get out. I feel like I'm going to a football game. There's all these people tailgating. There's like, there's drinks, there's family, there's barbecues going on. And then I get into the trees there's this giant flat screen TV with these guys standing on a bridge with drones and the television is showing is chasing riders down the trail. And that's what's being televised. There's a DJ with music. I was like, what <laughs> have I just found in the middle of the forest? This is amazing. Yeah. And that goes yeah. off for a period of time. Doesn't it? The Thunderdome on Thursdays. Yeah. We have it for a period of time. And then, uh, it stops for a couple of weeks in the summer, but this past summer, somebody took it over and took kind of like uh, the event to the rail yard in Rogers. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So they kind of do something in the summer in Rogers now. So it's, yeah, it's so cool. It's so fun. Like you said, the first time I went there, I had the same experience. I was like, uh, yeah, like, what, what is this? <laughs> I was like, this is really cool. I was like, yeah. this, like, it reminded me a little bit of like the BMX pipe back in the day. You know, we, we we would all rock up or my parents would go with me with the cooler and just sit with like chairs on the side of the track and just watch me do my laps. And that's like, you know, that's just a community coming together on a Thursday night and hang out. And we all, you know, tip in with a few things and just have a good time. Yeah. So good. That yeah. vibe was so good. I felt like they were filming a movie when I first walked into the trees. I'm like, <laughs> How'd you guys get all this electronics out here? This yeah, is that's, amazing. That's Anderson again. That's the same the same person that I shoot with. And uh, he's amazing. He has such amazing drone skills, you know. And, like, I think that he loves riding, too. But the passion he has for drones and all that stuff, it's like the passion we have for riding. 
you know, so put the two together and it's been so fun, like working with him and we're going to do more and more projects this year too. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep him coming. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, just seeing how those drones would come back up the trail and like they'd zip in and change out the battery real quick and another rider would drop <laughs> in and the drone would drop in after him. I was like, oh my gosh, these guys yes. have it totally dialed. Yeah. It, it was awesome. I have a couple questions here from the chat. They want to yeah. know, Trail Pimpin out of Lake Tahoe is asking, do you ride an e-bike? And if you do, is it a Canevo or a Levo? Um, Levo, Levo is my to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Levo, Turbo Levo. And I have the Turbo Levo SL. Um, so I've been riding both, but, um, I'm leaning more to the SL because I like to have a little bit of support. Um, but I like that it's lighter and it more feels like a little bit more like my own bike. Yeah. Nice. Like the normal bike. A little playful. Yeah. Pop it yeah. around. Yeah. And like, if I do like I went to a couple of World Cups with USA Cycling this year, too, and um, I do a lot of laps. So I actually um, took my SL. Um, I took the big battery out, but I was running it on extenders and it worked super well because oh. like I like if I can't keep up with those like under 23 guys, you know, and those they're just hammered. They're so fast. So coach needs to be young bucks keeping up on an e-bike <laughs> the SL is perfect for that you know if you have to like do 15 laps on a cross-country track that day that's perfect yeah yeah wow. yeah that's cool that's so cool and a good reason uh to to run one of those keep up with those those young damn those young bucks yeah. <laughs> they're so talented mountain bike q a and dropping mtb they both are asking a similar question when is the best time to visit bentonville I feel like the fest is so packed. Yeah, you're, he's right. It's really busy around like the Bentonville Bike Festival. Personally, my favorite time of the year would be fall. Um, uh, fall is gorgeous out here. The weather is normally really good. Uh, you might have a little bit of rain, but last year we hardly had any rain. So um, it's the, the colors are beautiful. Um, it's mm. not as crowded as uh, I feel like as spring. So I would say come in. Fall. Uh, yeah. October. I've heard that before. Yeah. They're like, come in October. I mean, you know, it's okay. If it's okay. <laughs> awesome. Amanda Hamilton is asking, Mount by QA, awesome. <clears throat> go in the fall, like early October. The Ozarks are insane in the fall. What are the most beautiful places? Yes. Yeah. Man, another trail steward for that area. She ended up going on pink bike Academy and was shouting out your guys's area. So, yeah, so, so I worked, I worked a little bit with Amanda before she went on to pink bike and it was really cool. You know, it was, it was awesome helping her like kind of get ready for that, like chapter into like pink bike, which I'm sure was pretty hard as well, but it was really cool to have her over here and get some time with her on the bike. Yeah. She's hilarious to ride with as well yes. a fun rider all all in all skill but man if you go out with her and her husband sam you are guaranteed a good side ache of, of chuckle <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for sure Anika, when it comes to like the next chapter in coaching uh what are some of the things that you're you're going to be kind of laying out here in 2024 what could we look forward to um, whew, well, 2024, we got quite a few things on the calendar. <laughs> it's filling up quick. So um, I will be working with USA Cycling again with the cross-country team. 
Um, we have the Pan American Games in the U.S. this year. Wow. It's going to be in Utah. So I will be going to that event with the team. Uh, they're going to come to town a couple of times for some coaching sessions. Um, and then I'll go to World Cups for them in Europe, World Championships. It is an Olympic year. Um, so we're really excited to see, you know, who we can get um, at the Olympics for USA Cycling. Um, it's still up in the air. Like, it's really hard to get accreditation. But if we have plenty, then I might go um, out there with them as a skills coach. Um, so that's uh, definitely really, I'm really excited with that because that part too, for me, you know, kind of being back at the races and like on, this might be not inside the race tape kind of because I practice with them on course, but like being there as a coach is, is so awesome, you know, because uh, you're home. I know what they feel. I know what they go through um, because I've been there and then being on the sideline and then seeing them put it all out there, you know, is really, really fulfilling and really cool. So I'm really excited to keep doing that with USA Cycling. Um, Cranking Up MTB is my coaching business. So we have four clinics coming up in the spring and then I'll have four in the fall because summer is fairly busy with other activities. Um, and then we have Seattle Classic, obviously uh, Bentonville Bike Festival, uh, Women of Off Sunset Summit, uh, and I'm sure there's other things that I forget now that are coming up. Um, but yeah, and then next to that, I uh, uh, coach quite a few private lessons and athletes um, during the week here in Bentonville. Wow. Do you do coaching online as well? If people are open to that, if they are see searching you out, seeking you out, can you do that from afar or is it harder? You could. I'm not doing that yet. Um, what I'm learning is that it's it needs to be back and forth feedback because everybody is so different with riding a bike you know we all have our habits some good some bad and so it's it's really nice to make make sure that you're kind of seeing them one-on-one -on -one. Uh, you can you could work with some video feedback for sure um i'm not there yet so i think i need to find time for that because you know oh yeah and also we'll be shooting we'll be shooting more uh youtube stuff this upcoming year we got some Sweet. projects already on the calendar together with anderson uh we also yeah. gonna go out out of the bentonville bubble so if anybody else wants us somewhere let me know holler at us we'll come we'll we'll pack up the drone and bike and we'll come and visit your place to shoot some stuff so that yeah, is right yeah. You're always welcome to come back to Southern California and we'll get, can you imagine those epic shots out Laguna? Oh my God. I want to, and I really want to go. I need to talk to the people at Sky Park too, because I miss Sky Park and I miss, I miss their cookies. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's my weakness. Bailey's favorite cookie. What's your favorite cookie at Sky Park? Oh, it's the chocolate, the chocolate chip macadamia. Oh I even God, remember it out so of the top good. of my head, and I haven't been there for two years. <laughs> we we could definitely help out with the Sky Park. We have our friends over there, so yeah. um, that would be amazing watching you and Anderson put out some video on some of their trails. They have some newer trails as well, so that would look beautiful. Yeah. And just a drone shot of the whole land of Sky Park. <laughs> looks I know. So good. It's so fun. I definitely, I definitely miss parts of that. Unknown color. And I miss friends. Uh, I mean, sorry, I miss friends and parts of that for sure. You know, because uh, yeah, we had a lot of awesome friends that I always rode with, and going to Sky Park and Big Bear. You know, um, but you know, I can always visit. So we have to put that on my calendar this summer. This is true. Yeah.
This is true, and that would be so fun. And some of the footage that you would get, you guys, especially with his skills, and you catching the drones, like, nobody has an intro like that. If you guys haven't <laughs> had a chance, you have to go. How is it? Is there ever a couple takes where, like, the drone's coming in and, and you, you have to fumble it? And you have to redo the, the take, or is it, like, one yeah. take? It's been, we had a couple of, a couple of like whoopsies or that I dropped it <laughs> and I was like, sorry, Anderson, like, I hope I didn't break anything. <laughs> yeah. Or that he comes in really fast and I'm just like, it just, it's hard to time sometimes, but it actually works a lot better than we thought. And it was kind of funny. I remember my dad seeing like one of the first videos that we did that and he was like, he was not having it. He's like, oh, no. you can't, you can't do that. And I feel like, what if? What if your finger gets stuck in the propeller oh, or something? You know, like, Dad. Oh my God, it's really okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I still got all my fingers. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's super. It's 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 a fun way that we just like randomly figure that out, you know. And people seem to really like it. I love it, and um, we can do everything in one shot, which is pretty cool. That's too. amazing. Yeah, wow. yeah. Time wise, to... that's got to be huge. Yeah. Yeah, if I don't mess up the intros, then it's like that. <laughs> I'll be like, because Anderson can't hear me um, on the camera. You know, he's looking, there's there's the GoPro on top that is shooting the actual footage. And then there's a little camera on a drone itself. And that's where he sees me through the, the FPV goggles. So I always need to like sign language. So that's why you always see me do this. Because if I do this, it means like he can take off again and he's, yeah. we're good. Oh, yeah, and if smart. I do like this, like, <laughs> like he flies back around. Back retake. Retake, yeah, yeah. That's so um, exciting. I love that you I love that you are doing that. And thank you for, for giving us a peek behind the curtains on that, which is awesome. Trail Pimp yeah. just dropped the $9.99 for us here on the show tonight. Look at you, Annika, bringing in the cash money. Nice. <laughs> some of those blooper reels out, too. Like, some of the mistakes, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah we yeah. actually, we need to get on that because uh, you just mentioned Jess, uh, the maker, Jess Henna. So... I love Jess as well, and she's local. We often hang out, and we just did that trail manners video, trying to be <laughs> yeah. in a fun way, telling people like, and we have so many good bloopers from that one because we were like dressed up, and we had one of our friends that was dressed up as like the bad guy, and um, yeah, that was, I know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was really if you if people haven't seen it, but it's also like, you know, it was. It was so so fun. <laughs> For those of you who are on on iTunes and Spotify, we're on Instagram right now on Annika's Instagram, and there's uh, parts of that video right there. Oh my gosh, you guys are cracking me up! And and yeah. if you see Jet, when you see Jess, tell her she owes me like twenty pounds of coffee because she always releases her funny stuff in the morning when I'm drinking coffee, and I spit it out because I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah, we're we're. We're also planning to do a few collabs like this upcoming year and I can't wait. Yeah, I had that idea and I was like, man, Jess, like, please, like, like, let's do this. <laughs> this is like, it, but it's like YouTube as well, or like people like <clears throat> always have to have an opinion, which is the hard, harder side oh, of like social yeah. media. And like Jess and I are kind of on the same, like same level with that. Like that's a pretty hard part in, people can be pretty nasty and like there yes. were some comments coming like on that video and we we're like really 
like people like what we're just trying to do is like in a funny way try to remind yourself that you pass yeah. on the left and like and people were like well why are you influencers standing in the middle of the trail filming a video and i'm like Gosh. oh it's okay <clears throat> Like, yeah. you can't win you can't win with that stuff but you know no. a lot of people loved it we had a blast shooting it and um yeah that's the most important thing exactly that's the most important part that you're having that positive impact and you're sharing the message and of course there's going to be people that are going to say something i and for some reason as humans when we read it all the other 200 great positive fun things go out the window. We just remember the one negative thing. Yeah, I'll be in bed at night and I'll be like, God damn it. Like, I'll be like hurt by that like one comment. And I'm like, did that person really have to say it like that? You know, and I'm yeah. like, yeah. I remember I put out a little video of me writing in Whistler and I had a great time. And there were other comments like, I'm glad you made it. So cool. Did you try this trail? One person goes, Oh, there he goes, all the money and no talent. And I'm like, <laughs> first of all, buddy, I just started mountain biking. Second of all, why do I care? <laughs> That's all I can think about. Like, Aww. I don't even know I have money. I don't even did you check my bank account? <laughs> like, what the hell? But yeah, it's hard to ignore as a human. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's hard not to get caught up into it. And it's like, you know, it's part of our jobs to uh put it out put it all out there but it's also like hard to be vulnerable just like i said earlier yes. with like be going through like rehab and stuff like that and talking about that and it's like yeah it's it's okay like i'm very kind of picky with what i put out like i try to keep it as much as like kind of work you know riding towards that and not constantly behind the scene what I what I eat on my dinner plate or you know like <laughs> stuff like that I think it's important too for yourself to kind of find a balance because otherwise you're just constantly going to be stuck on your phone you know and yeah. I decide definitely decided already a long time ago that I did not want to do that and just share what why people are following me you know and I hope that it's for riding my bike and maybe the dog every now and then <laughs> that's it right right <laughs> It's good to have those boundaries that uh, that you set for yourself. It's healthy. Yeah, yeah, it's important. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it could take over. I mean, <clears throat> easily take over. It just it wants more. It wants yeah. more. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man, Annika, it's been so awesome to have you on the show. Before you go, there is this new thing that we're doing where we are asking you a question that was left to you by our previous guest. Our previous oh, guest. Cool. Umi Naomi, Southern California Ripper, kind of new to mountain biking, but she is like really taking off and growing and doing all these great things out there. And she's kind of new to Southern California. She was our last guest and she asked this question to you. If you could put one quote on your mirror for you to see every day to help benefit you, what would that say? What would you put on your mirror to remind yourself every day? Huh. Hmm, that's a good one. I like to think back. My mom would always say, like, the sun will come up tomorrow if things are Ooh. shit. You know? Ooh. And it's like sometimes you just need to get through today if things are not going well. Or I think especially with like going through a bit of a dark time with the head injury. I think for me it was like, okay, tomorrow, better day, you know? And I think it's always important to keep your head up and work hard, work hard, play hard, you know? God, 
Love that. Yeah, that's almost two, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Putting that in perspective, like there will be a shit sandwich and it will end eventually. Yeah. There's a storm and it will end and the sun will yeah. come back out to just weather it. Weather is what it, I hear you exactly. say. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And what you put in, you're going to get out. You put in that hard work. Yes. To get yeah. through it. You, you get that on the other side. I yeah. love that. Oh, Damn. Awesome. <laughs> that is very good. That was actually Joey Yates' idea. I can't take any credit for that. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, like that. that's beautiful. So we'll ask you a question off air here in a minute uh, for the next week's guest for you to leave for them. And uh, Annika, remind the folks again, if they are, if they haven't fallen in love with you yet on this podcast, which I'm sure they all have, <laughs> and uh, where can they follow your journey from this point forward? Remind them one more time. All right. Well, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Annika Bertson, and on Facebook, uh, and then YouTube as well. And then I got my website. So if you ever come to town to Bentonville, please hit me up if you want to get a lesson or join a clinic. Um, I would love to help anybody out, improve their skills, or just have a good time riding bikes. Um, yeah, thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. It was really cool to catch up and talk about all these things. Heck yeah. It was a pleasure having you. I'm so glad we got to have you on the show. Episode 141 with Annika. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and <laughs> only. We'll see you guys all on the next episode. And uh, Annika we will be visiting Bentonville in the near future. And if you guys haven't had a chance, you got to go to the happiest place on earth for bikes, Bentonville, Arkansas. Heck we'll see yeah. you guys on the next episode. <laughs> Good night, folks. That is a wrap on episode 141 with Miss Annika Beerton out of Bentonville, Arkansas, via Southern California, via Dutch, via the Netherlands. Amazing, amazing athlete. And, and I hope you guys enjoyed that story. I sure loved talking to her. And boy, the hour like flew by. And I was trying to transition to so many things. And I hope you guys were able to glean some great things from her story. Also, at the end, what we're doing now is we're asking these guests a question that was left by the previous guest. Now, the previous guest was homie Naomi, and she asked Annika, what quote would you write on your mirror? And you did get a chance to listen to what quote Annika would put on there. We asked Annika the question for the next guest, and I'll lay it out to you right here before even the next guest listens to it, because I don't know if the next guest will get this far. But you, my friends, are. And it's this. Annika asked, how do you deal with negative comments if you are in social media or on YouTube or any social media platform? How do you deal with negative comments? Specifically, if you're a kid, what kind of advice would you give to your younger self or to your son or your daughter or your niece or your nephew? How do you deal with negative comments? It's a good one because sometimes those can really impact us. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Look forward to having you back here for episode 141, back in the studio here shortly. Remember, when life throws us curveballs, and they do, it's just one pedal down, one pedal down to get up to the top of the mountain. And you know you can do it because you've done it before. And then you get this sweet reward of downhill, whatever that may be in bike or whatever that may be in your life. Put in the effort, focus on the goal, get there. And uh, when you do, we'll all see you at the top. <laughs> <laughs>